Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier, and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta, and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week, we are going to dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback, so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, Sethi and Namesh here back for another episode of The Empathetic Man. Hope everyone had a great Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate. So today we wanted to talk about something that I think is actually quite relevant for, again, parents who have, you know, young kids that are starting to develop or even older kids that are now getting to like pretty formative years. And just this whole concept of how you obviously want your, the best for your child. And you're, as parents, doing everything you can to kind of coach them and guide them and give them those experiences that will help take them down, you know, the right path. I think a couple of things that I would love to kind of explore in today's episode. One is, how do you make sure that you're letting them have their own path and not your own? Because I do feel like even as a parent now, sometimes I think about the things that I wanted to do or the things that I didn't get to do. And I want to make sure I'm not necessarily kind of making my path their path. And then the second thing is, is, you know, how do you encourage them and support them, but at the same time, not force them or make them feel like, you know, you're not quote unquote, setting them up for success. And I think this is something that happens a lot in business as well. And I think there's some parallels, but these were a couple of topics that I think would be really common and, and relevant with a lot of parents out there, because, you know, as your kids start to get older, it's, it's kind of unavoidable sometimes to start to think about like, oh, well, you know, my son's doing this or my son's doing that. But the, you know, my other friend's kids are doing this. Is, is there something that's lacking or whatnot? And, and that whole comparison game that I think is best to avoid. Um, but I just figured, you know, this conversation has a few components and I thought it'd be really interesting to kind of dissect it together. Namesh, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's an interesting topic because this whole concept of setting someone up for success versus failure is, is definitely relevant when it comes to kids. And, you know, in future episodes, we can even talk about how you want to set your own self up for success. But back to the kids part, like, let me kind of describe it with, with an example. So there's this really popular um, play area in the Bay Area, and you've probably gone to it called Pump It Up right it's like this warehouse full of bouncy houses yeah and that, that place could be a zoo man i gotta tell I you know, right yeah. you've actually you've probably gone there a ton of times with birthday parties but it's just and as a side note it's actually a franchise so it started in in pleasanton and it's they have like franchisee opportunities and i was actually crunching the numbers and it seems pretty interesting at any rate um so the thing about pump it up is you know it's an area where kids can go to kind of burn off steam, but also it, it has a lot of parts to it that challenge kids physically, right? Like there are steep slides, there are different obstacles um, in those bouncy houses. And I think as a parent, it is, it, it is your duty not to tell your kids what they should be interested in, but you should set them up so that if they are going down the path of becoming interested in it, there are less roadblocks. And 
the, the specific, the, the reason why Pump It Up is, is a good example here is, so Pump It Up, one thing that does happen quite a bit is um, kids get rug burn, right? Like these, the bouncy houses, when cleaned and when used a lot, just somehow um, results in, in kids getting rug burn. So one example is as a parent who's letting your kid go to, to, <clears throat> to pump it up, if you're not cognizant of, of getting rug burn and your kid does go on <clears throat> one of those slides and gets rug burn, maybe the, their pursuit or them becoming interested in it would then be would then be stifled because they essentially encounter something that they that that they didn't control now it's very hard as a parent to know that it's going to result in rug burn and i actually found that out by getting rug burn myself and this was after taking my son two to three times to the playroom or to to pump it up and then afterwards making sure that he wore a long long sleeve shirt so the point i'm trying to make is on one hand you want your kids to kind of learn and fail on their own etc but on the others i just feel like if you don't think a few steps ahead and your kids encounter something that's beyond their control it may very well kind of inhibit or affect their ultimate pursuit in becoming interested in something. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I'm curious, like, was it something where, you know, you were noticing your son was at this event and he was now starting to like maybe shy away from the the rides and you were kind of like, well, what's going on? Like you were doing it and now you're not like, I'm just curious, like what, I mean, obviously him being so young, I'm sure he wasn't like, dad, I'm getting rug burns. Like, what can I do about it? Like, you had to notice something or, or, or was it just a, a change in behavior? Yeah, it wasn't a specific thing that occurred. It's just after the fact, I would look back and I remember after the second time he went, he had like a little, I didn't know it was rug burn, but it looked like a, like kind of like a scab. Um, so I don't know if that affected him per se, but at the same time, like, I, I, it's one of those things where if I did know, would he not have gotten that and would that have affected his trajectory one way or the other? And obviously pump it up is a very like minor, small example, but I just feel like as a parent, you, you know, like if you, if you don't kind of not remove obstacles, but think about certain things ahead of time what kind of impact can that really have on your kids? Yeah. I think I, I, it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like there is a balance you probably want to try to find because at the same time, like if you're constantly like monitoring and like making sure everything is safe and protected, then the, on the other extreme, it's kind of like they're living this, this, this kind of bubble world where like they, they know they never like experience potential harm and then they may when they do finally kind of venture out on their own they don't know how to handle it but at the same time yeah like you don't want to be careless and just let them like hurt themselves so I feel like it is kind of an interesting balance and it's funny you mentioned that because I've actually seen this experience happen in my own um, you know with my kids in two ways one is like 
um, like when it's summertime, like no one wants to go on the playground because the, the slides are so freaking hot. And so I remember, and I remember always like wondering, because my son would like wear long sleeves and, and like sweatpants. And I'd be like, dude, it's so hot outside. Like, why are you wearing that? And then it wasn't until like we started talking, he's like, dude, I, I can't go on those rides. They're so hot. Like it burns my skin. And then you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And so now it's like I, and even with Pump It Up, same thing. Like I, I've seen that as happened where like, the, you know, like they're, it kind of like rubs against your skin. And now every time he wants to go to these places, he's always wants to wear like long sleeves and, and long uh, pants. And I, and I get it. It's like, yeah, man, like do what's going to make you feel right. Um, but it, it, but it is funny because you, you just may not associate that. And you just may think like, oh yeah, you know, cause some kids don't, some kids just do whatever. And it, it's, to me, it's more of a question of like, well, whether or not like other kids may not wear it. Like if you want to play and that helps you play more, then I'll just give you whatever you need to play more so that you can have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I totally hear you in that. You can't go overboard as a parent and like, you know, try to safeguard everything. I think, you know, the example I was just trying to, to address here is so, okay, let me, let me talk about another example. So when I was a child, I loved bowling and I was like really good at it. Not, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, like bowling in the two hundreds as, you know, someone in their early teens. And one day, and we would usually go with just various folks from school, et cetera. And one day my dad took me, right. And my dad didn't know how to bowl and he took us. And then sometimes when you bowl, the ball gets stuck in the gutter. So he, he was bowling and the ball got stuck in the gutter and then it was kind of halfway between the lane and you know where the pins were and then he started walking to go get the ball out of the gutter which is like something you just never do right like you never step on the lane <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and you know like as it, and as he started doing that like the manager of the bowling um you know hall it's as stereotypical as as you can think a manager of a bowling hall would be he was just started like yelling like super loudly at him saying like hey what are you doing blah 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 and like i remember i was there and my brother was there and it was just like really embarrassing right it's just like like what's going on here you know like your 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 dad did something and you know your my dad was trying the best he could it wasn't his fault but something like that after that, and I don't want to blame, you know, like, I don't want to blame that incident on here, but it definitely was a factor. I kind of lost interest in bowling, right? Because like, I always kind of had that picture in it and I found myself going, you know, less and less. Wow. And I think that's an example of something where it's like, I don't know. I just feel like as a parent, you just want to, you know, maybe like the, the first example is like really extreme where it's like, okay, let me, let me scope it out five steps ahead. What are things that can happen? Let me kind of remove that. But on the other hand, like you don't want to do something or you want to try not, you, you want to be as aware as possible to kind of get out of your kid's way to let them do what they want to do and find out what they want, you know, who, who it is, what, what they want to pursue. Yeah. But in that situation, was it like that, that when that happened, that incident happened and your dad kind of went on the, the, the lane to grab the ball by mistake, was he, and then obviously the kind of, you know, the manager made a whole scene of it. After that, was you, was you like, was that 
in your mind kind of seen like your dad was kind of getting in your way or was it just more of like, um, you kind of like put this image in my mind that's kind of like, I don't know, but it's, it's a little embarrassing and now I just don't want to go to the, the, the bowling alley anymore. Like I'm trying to understand like, have you thought about where that may be coming from? Yeah, I definitely think it's the latter. Um, you know, I think my dad would never, and I am confident of this, I don't think he'd ever like intentionally try to get in our way nor unintentionally try to get in our way. I just think there it was just, you know, I was in my early teens, this happened, it kind of, I associated that image with it. And then after that, it was kind of like, you know, would I have become a pro bowler? Probably not. But yeah. at the same time, I do feel like, you know, again, magnified to other scenarios, whether it's, I don't know, like a piano recital or what have you. I didn't play instruments growing up, but I think this concept is one to kind of come full circle where when I say you don't want, you want to set your kids up for success in terms of, again, not telling them what they need to do or not like accounting for every situation so all the hurdles are cleared for them but at the same time like you know making sure that everything is in place for them at a high level so that they can make their decisions on their own yeah no i mean i it it is really interesting how like certain experiences in life can truly have like this traumatic place in your mind and all of a sudden it's kind of like whether or not you had a a a huge potential at that particular thing, you know, you kind of feel like, Oh man, well, I'll never know because of just that situation. Like for me personally, like I, like, I remember, like I still always remember like when I would be in PE, like, and we would run, I, because I wasn't like a fast runner. I would always like, like me and like, I think maybe like one or two other kids, like we would always make the whole class have to run again. And it was one of those things where it's now, like, as I'm older, it's like, I'm actually like, like, I don't, I, I enjoy running. Like, I don't find it like, you know, frustrating or like boring. Like I, I, I can do it. And like, I feel really comfortable at it. But I always wondered like if that coach or that teacher or that person kind of made, made the experience less about punishment and more about like, Hey, how can we help you get better at it? What that would have done for me? Like what I maybe gotten interested in cross country or something else that, but yeah, it is an interesting situation. And then the other thing I was going to say is like, with my son, because, you know, he's kind of at an age where I can start to see like, what are the things he likes to do and not like to do. Um, I had this really interesting conversation with my wife about it because, you know, one of the things that I think is really important to me as a value is just like persistence. And like, I don't expect, you know, my kids to be like amazing at everything or even like be amazing, like at something um, from the start. But I hope that they will always just be, you know, motivated to continue to try and work at it to eventually see if they can get better or, you know, give it a few attempts before they kind of give up. And I remember going to a birthday party recently with my son and we went to one of these gymnastics birthday parties where they kind of let all the kids kind of roam around the gymnastics floor. And um, it was a a girl's birthday party. So a lot of the people in attendance were girls and they were on the, there was that area where you can kind of like play on the bars and you can hang from them and do all these types of like, you know, pullovers over the bars and all these little girls, you know, five, six year old girls were doing like some pretty amazing stuff. Now, granted, I think some of them were in gymnastics class. So I think they were all comfortable doing it, 
And I remember watching my son and he was trying to do some stuff and he was kind of struggling and like the, one of the people that worked there, she was helping him. And then after a few like, you know, minutes, he's like, okay, I want to do something else. And I remember thinking like, oh man, like, cause I, and then all of a sudden I started talking to this mom and this lady said like, oh yeah, you know, my daughter, she was just so adamant about learning how to do the monkey bars that every day for like six months straight, she just kept working on it until she finally got it. And none of us like, were like pushing her. She just did it. And there's like this little comparison itch in my mind. And like, oh, I wonder why like Sean doesn't think like this. And I remember my wife, I was telling my wife the story and she's like, you know, sometimes we have to think about, you know, that persistence that like kind of, you know, I want to be able to do something on my own shows up in different ways. And I was like, oh, you know, like, like, do you, like, like what made you say that? And she's like, well, because my, we had like some family over and my son was trying to use the Apple TV remote to like show something on Netflix. And, you know, my cousin who's older was there. And so like after like 10 seconds, my cousin's like, hey, give me the remote. I'll do it. And then John's like, no, 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 I can figure it out. And, you know, they kind of started bickering back and forth. And like my, I could tell my cousin, I think was getting frustrated. He's like, no, no, let me just do it. I can just do it down faster. And then I think my wife, I think it said like, oh, no, Sean, you go ahead, like work on it. And she tells me this. And I thought like, wow, you know, like that's really interesting because I can see myself in that situation probably getting frustrated. Like, oh yeah, let me just do it for you. But here's a situation where he is actually persisting and really trying to figure something out. But yet, like, if I don't, like if I didn't like kind of like if I if this was the monkey bars, I wouldn't just randomly go up to him and be like, oh no, no, let me carry you. I'd probably be like, oh, keep going, keep going. But why was it when he was trying to like do something and show something on the remote, all of a sudden like my cousin was trying to like interject? And I think it's because maybe in certain situations when it's like physical, we typically like want our kids to, you know, do it on their own and, and really be self-sufficient. But then on other things in life, we seem to kind of get in the way and we try to like micromanage and it was like this really big wake-up call for me where I was like wow like that could be what he ends up doing like he might end up doing something that has nothing to do with like his physicality but I still want him to be able to have that kind of that transferable skill set of him not giving up and so I, I just brought that up because I feel like in this situation you know it's like yes you want to set them up for success but you also want to be mindful of like what they end up doing may not be something that you quote unquote really think is a big deal, but to them it is. And their, you know, their continuous effort is going to, um, you know, it may shine in that instance versus something else. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I mean, it's cool that you kind of stepped back and looked at like, didn't kind of rule it out his, this, the skill or this ability that he may he he had or he he's developing and finding it elsewhere i think you know it's just just kind of wrap it up it's just it's one of those things where i feel that every parent wants their kid to succeed but what this next generation will show i think is success is super subjective and with just you know emerging mental health issues and lack of contentment amongst different folks i think what people are realizing is that because success is subjective it's it's better to to let your child 
kind of figure out what makes them happy than to be told that they need to go to an Ivy League school and work at Google right out of the gate. Because even if they did do the latter and other folks may think of your kid as successful, if your kid is not happy and not doing what they like, then it doesn't really matter. And I think we, you and I are part of the generation where we worked as hard as we could to, to kind of make it. And it's not like our parents were like, hey, you have to go to an Ivy League, you have to do this, you have to do this. But, you know, we pursued very, very conventional careers initially that would solidify financial kind of, you know, stability for us, right? We both did engineering. I'm not sure if you were most interested in computer engineering or I was most interested in electrical engineering, but, you know, we both did it. And I think maybe our generation didn't have that latitude or things weren't as discovered about mental health as they were in our generation. But I think in the new generation, I keep thinking about, okay, how do I facilitate my kid figuring out what it is they like and kind of providing the, the, the groundwork for them to continue to pursue different things that they do like or don't like so that they can ultimately you know, end up with, with, with something that will make them happy. Yeah. I, I, it is interesting because I mean, I went to college studying computer engineering and I, I kind of did it because I felt like it was safe and it was just, you know, this is where kind of the times were heading, but it wasn't like my passion. And, you know, now I look back at it and I think it was a good move, you know, was it the right move? But I think it was, I, I don't know, but I definitely think it was a good move because I think it allowed me to kind of hone those skills and get great opportunities and now kind of be able to do what we're doing. But that being say, said, like, I don't necess necessarily want my kids to feel like they have to choose like the safe choice. I want them to feel like they can take a path that may be less traveled, may require uncomfortability or potential like fear of like what the future looks like, but them to feel like it's, you know, challenging, it's rewarding, it leads to them just enjoying kind of the, the journey to that, you know, that point of happiness. Because, you know, I, I just never think that I don't think happiness is an end res a result. I think it's just something that happens from time to time as you're continuing on your path. And it's, you know, some days are good, some days aren't, are, are not so good. But to me, it's more about are you like someone said something which I thought was really interesting. It's, you know, if the path ahead of you is clear, then it's not your path. Then you're like, you're, you're taking somebody else's path. And so for me, I, I, that's really interesting to me because I think more about like, yeah, you know, like, am I doing a lot of things that are necessarily being kind of carved out for me or I'm just kind of following along. And I try to definitely now add my own personal viewpoint and I, and I want my kids to feel like they can do that as well. And I'm going to, a, try to guide them on that. But at the same time, I'm not going to try to remove their obstacles too much because I don't want them to feel like, you know, life is just full of all these like hand me outs. Um, and then two, I also want them to feel like this is your journey. This is your path. Like, you know, if you end up wanting to be an entrepreneur, cool. If you end up wanting to do something in tech, awesome. But if you end up wanting to do something totally unrelated, like that's also cool as long as you feel like it's your journey and it's not somebody else's. So I think, I think it's a really interesting um, 
you know, deep, long discussion that I think a lot of parents kind of probably tackle because like you said, like you, you do certain things because you want financial stability and, and especially where, where we're at right now, like things aren't getting cheaper. Things are becoming more and more expensive. Um, but at the same time, like it's, it's about finding that balance. And then the other thing I'll say, which I thought was really fascinating is like just this whole, like the, the, the future of like, of what, you know, generates, I think even like the, you know, like the, the, what moves the industry is changing. I mean, like think about sports, like sports for the longest time has been all like physical. And now you got like esports, which has got like hundreds of millions of people generating a ton of cash, like changing like what sports kids might want to pursue. And yeah, maybe it's no longer about who's the best, you know, football player or basketball player or baseball player, but like who's the best at like playing Fortnite and stuff like that. So it's just really, it's really fascinating to see how the world will evolve. And again, as parents, how we can be part of their journey, but not control it or kind of force our, our journey on them. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, man. So any, I don't know, any final thoughts or other? No, I think this is a good one. Yeah, I agree. Well, Hey everyone, thanks so much for your time and we'll talk to you guys next week. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed The Empathetic Man. Our goal is to help you on your journey to become more empathetic and ultimately become the best version of yourself. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to share it with your family, your friends, your network, anyone who you think is looking to become more empathetic. They can be a man, woman, it doesn't matter. The goal here is to help the world be more empathetic one step at a time. Now, we would also love your feedback. If you can, give us your feedback on the Apple iTunes. You can give us your comments as well as you can rate this podcast. That way we can get more viewers and more people thinking about how they can become more empathetic. Thank you again so much and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.